Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, Unleashed starts now. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Unschooled Unleashed. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, and today we're going to talk about how to build strong readers. This means how to teach them to read, how to teach reading comprehension, and that kind of stuff. And really, we never really teach when we're unschooling, but uh, we definitely create learning opportunities. So with that, let's dive in. Teaching how to read. It's something that uh, we all have to do. And interesting, interestingly enough, I think there's a huge push for learning reading early, but not because it's healthy for the kid, but it's because my suspicions anyway. I can't say this for sure, but it's to be able to delegate work to the kids when they're in a school environment. So I'm not a huge fan of pushing to read. I think that it's something that we innately do if we kind of back off a little bit. At least that's my been my experience with my at least daughter and really all my kids. Um, I'm in the process of teaching my five-year-old how to read, quote-unquote teaching, but really she's just kind of teaching herself because that's kind of what we do. We, we, we do interactive things that allow for this to happen, but uh, I think humans are built to learn how to read. It's kind of weird. If you've ever been through this with your kid and you don't really put in too much effort outside of maybe reading books and going through a bit of the basics, uh, they pick up pretty quick and they, they're able to progress pretty fast. At least that's been my experience. Uh, however, there are some things we can do to encourage our kids to read even more and increase their reading comprehension. And I'm going to go through a little bit of what I've done as of today, being a parent of a now 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a learning how to read 5-year-old. All right, so the first thing that we can do to uh, help our kids read, learn how to read, is reading as a daily adventure. You know, really setting the the stage for lifelong reading. I know I'm kind of a quote-unquote reader. I, I listen to a lot more audiobooks than I do read. However, reading has been something that I've uh, done pretty much all my life, at least from a younger age, I should say, until until I started getting assigned reading from teachers, and then all of a sudden I hated it. But I used to be an avid reader before that. <clears throat> Anytime I have to do something, I seemed to not enjoy it anymore, unfortunately. Um, it's a common theme. It's one of the reasons I don't school. It's because I think it makes you makes you makes people hate learning the more you force them the more they hate it there's a certain point in which it flips from i enjoy doing this to i have to do this and it's not fun and then you avoid it for the rest of the time so if we can set the stage for a lifelong love of reading i think we're creating a lifelong learner now what we want to do is at least in my opinion is integrate reading into daily life so you can read books to them you can leave around books for them to read and set the stage for them to read you really want to make this uh something that they enjoy so uh 
you can tell your kids that they're going to be able to read because it's off it's it's really a tough task but if you if you say stuff like when you are reading you can or and that, and don't say if you ever learn how to read don't say that you're setting the stage and like set, setting a vision for the future of you will do this this is something you can accomplish and give them faith in their self and i think that's going to set them up for success in the future and it really just gets rid of that mental block of like this is hard and i don't think i'll ever do this it's going to be a long process even if you're a really intelligent kid it catches on quick so that's the first step. Uh, second is, th- this is where I went to when I was teaching how to read. Because we integrated into our daily lives by you know, reading books to them and, uh, and that kind of thing and, and pointing out different words because they enjoy learning how to spell different words. So we'll point that stuff up, but to point that stuff out. But the basics of it is we went with phonics and teaching <clears throat> teaching the alphabet. So first we were going through what the letters are. And then once they learn the letters, you know, the building blocks of reading, we go over and start teaching phonics. And that's how we jumped in. Uh, you can do this through fun games or activities by, you know, just sitting there doing it with your child or uh, even doing recognition of letters and sounds in everyday objects and that kind of stuff. We, what we do is we have them spell out things or read something uh, in daily life. Like, for example, the stop sign or whatever it might be. Or we have them even write simple words. And it doesn't really matter as much on if they spelled it right, but they're trying and they're phonetically trying to get that down. I think that's one of the most helpful things, at least in my experience. I know I learned based on phonics and I had no clue how much pushback there is about not teaching phonics. Um, I think I referenced this in another podcast about how they're, they're changing over to teaching phonics at school as opposed to this recognition way of learning. And I'm not familiar with all the terms and I really don't need to be because I think it's a lot of it's kind of, (laughs) I hate to say nonsense, Uh, but there were teachers who were saying, we don't know how to teach phonics. And I was blown away by this. If I can find the the, uh, article, I'll put it it in the uh, show notes. I think the problem is teachers don't, can't actually teach phonics very easily because it's more of a one-on-one thing as opposed to just recognizing words, which is what they, my understanding is traditionally teach, but a lot of states are converting over to phonics. Google it yourself. Just, it's amazing reading some of this stuff, how teachers have no clue how to teach this. Um, yeah, just teach them how to like, you know, what what the sounds are for each letter. And then when you find a word like dog, have them see if they could just spell it out. And we go through those kind of exercises on our own. And we make it kind of a just a game. We'll do it at the dinner table and stuff like that. Next, you can utilize technology and media. Now, this is what I call screen time with a purpose, okay? <laughs> we actually utilize screen time purposefully for the most part. There are exceptions to that, but when we use screens, it's usually for quote-unquote educational activities, even though it might not be purely educational. For example, we incorporate video games. We We encourage buy video games that require reading 
in order to to make it useful and something that they want to pursue and that they're trying to get better at. When you're having fun with something, you tend to learn it a little bit easier. And when you see a need for it, you have a desire to learn it. So uh, pulling out the old Super Nintendo, uh, Sega Genesis, Nintendo, you know, all these games, even the PlayStation, the original one, requires a lot of reading. And then there are some games that require reading also. We also leave... Uh, and we don't always do this, and this is just something that's more of, kind of wish I would have used this a little more. Let them watch something, but turn the volume, like on television, and then turn the volume really low and turn up the uh, turn on the closed captions. Then they can't necessarily hear everything, but they can read it. And they'll begin to recognize patterns. And honestly, I probably still could do this because I have a five-year-old daughter who's learning how to read. So maybe I will use that. But uh, we definitely have video games that require reading, especially like those strategy games where you have to read uh, all the stuff in it to see your attribution of skills and how many stars you got on whatever. And uh, and then they usually have a storyline that you can read along with the, uh, um, the voice, the actors or whatever you want to call them in there. Next point uh, to help your child read and comprehend that reading is doing some interactive reading games. We always try and make it fun when we're on schoolers, and honestly, we learn best when it's fun, and we tend to remember it when it's kind of the game and we're having fun with it. So we like to bring stories to life. So you can engage your kids in storytelling sessions where they can act out the stories, stuff like that. Another way to make it fun is uh, acting. You know, you have a script, you have to read the script, and they have to, to be able to act it out, right? So they read the script, you kind of break down the script, you understand what they're saying, so you can uh, so you can act it out. And I think that's actually a great way that I probably don't take advantage of enough uh, to help with reader's comprehension and reading for that matter. Now, we didn't do that too much, but that is one way to do it. Uh, you know, try out what works for you and see what fits. You can uh, read a story, have them act it out, and this will hopefully deepen their comprehension with the material, with that material, and just teach them how to learn to remember that stuff. Another way, that we, and this is primarily how we did it, is we'd read something and then I'd just ask them questions about it, and make it a competition. This is a great thing to do for little boys, at least in my experience, my two, my two boys. And we usually do it on something that was actually valuable to them. So that way, when they remember it, it's actually something useful. For example, maybe it's something out of the Bible or it's something from uh, a story that has a lesson attached to it, that kind of stuff. So that way we're like hitting two things at once. It's benefiting them in two ways. Another way you can teach reading and reading comprehension is create a reading friendly environment and this is encouraging this love for books and I again I want to emphasize you as the parent have to kind of set the stage I've talked about this in other episodes and I have a whole episode about intentional unschooling and what intentional unschooling is is we want to really ratchet up the parental involvement to a 10 out of 10 level so if unschooling, we're backing off and we're allowing the child to lead, meaning 
interest-based, child-led. Then intentional unschooling, contrasting it to unschooling, is 10 out of 10 parental involvement along with backing off. Okay, so in this case, we'd like to, let me pull up my, go back to my notes here. Um, in this case, making it uh, fun and get really getting involved, pointing out all the uh, ways that w in which we can use reading and understanding reading, making it practical and useful right then and there in the moment, for example, something that matters to them like video games, all of the sudden that creates uh, a lot of interest and all of a sudden they want to do it. Uh, because they have a goal in mind, hopefully they're starting to find it fun. Once they get good at it, they're definitely going to think it's a lot more fun. And along the way, we're going to provide them with tools as an intentional unschooler to be able to do that. So that might be apps, that might be us doing games, that might be whatever whatever we can think of. You know, all these things that we're going to talk about in this to help them be able to uh, learn how to read and understand it. So as this intentional unschooler, we're going to uh, create these reading-friendly environments along the way as well. And again, we're just stacking the deck in their favor for something that we know is going to be useful. So you might want to do flexible reading times. This includes like late night, early, early morning reading sessions. That's something we've done with our children where they can read whatever they want, stay up as late as they want doing it, wake up as early as they want. They have a reading light and hey, we're going to give you an endless supply of books. You just can read quietly, get as much sleep as you want, get as little as you want, but you're going to read. That's basically what we did. We also do other stuff like writing. And in the beginning, it was all reading so they could learn how to read. Uh, we do keep that constant flow of books coming in from the library. We also have uh, encyclopedias and different things that we... Uh, give to them in order so they can reference it. Like some things it's just like an open up and learn like an encyclopedia, whereas others it's a story and that kind of thing. We allow them to choose what whatever they're into. If they're into dinosaurs or you know whatever topic they might be into, we also make sure that they have a lot of things to learn about dinosaurs because um, you're not only learning how to read, but you're also learning another subject, which is pretty cool. Um, Moving on, real world learning opportunities is the, is the next topic. And this is where we learn how to read everywhere. We make it like the daily thing. And this is kind of like I talked about in the beginning where we're going to uh, make everything kind of reading. We're gonna do, create it, make, a, make an environment that is conducive to uh, reading and we're gonna make it a daily activity. <clears throat> But in this case, we're going to just point out these learning opportunities, like pointing out or letting them read from the menu when you're ordering out and how useful that'll be. They'll see you reading off the menu and one day they know they're going to have to read off the menu and that starts today. So give them a shot trying to do it. You, of course, want to be respectful to the server, but uh, giving, them that uh, giving them that opportunity to be able to do that, I think, is is valuable because they it's a practical they get to do something that's kind of adult like for them uh depending on the age and um I, I, we just had some success with that which is interesting to me 
also street signs. I mentioned that earlier. And just anywhere we go, we point it out and we have them try and say it. Now, we did this in the beginning. This is obviously for early learners. But I, but I think it's one of those things that you're able to make it into kind of a game and fun. And it's a way to kind of grow even a relationship because we're having fun together. I do think that this parental involvement in the process builds self-esteem along the way when they get more right and they're going to get more right as time goes on. Um, I know my boys resisted reading a little bit in the beginning. And that's one of the, 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 the most impactful thing we did was create those reading times. You go to bed, you can stay up as late as you want reading or wake up as early as you want. We give you a reading light, but you have to do it quietly and we'll take you to the library with unlimited books. That right there encouraged them to be avid readers. And uh, I, I think it's really what flipped the switch for the most part. You would have thought video games with my boys, but you know, I think it was the going to bed and you can read thing. My, my uh, daughter, who's five, five and a half now, officially she is basically teaching herself now we read to her but we haven't read to her as much as the boys she reads to herself and she's able to put it together i don't know how I, i've gone over phonetics with her and she understands it but she's spelling on her own and she makes me cards all the time you know i love you daddy and different things uh within these cards but she knows how to spell it i think she spelled uh, i saw it today she made a story and she drew pictures with it. And one of the, uh, so, something in the story was she labeled it as, as a Smurf because I've been watching a lot of Smurfs lately. And she did her best to spell Smurf, but she did it without vowels. But she's only five and she doesn't really know how to spell. She actually spelled it using all consonants phonetically, which I thought was amazing. I mean, that's, that's incredible. I mean, I don't even know how to spell a lot of words. I still have to look up if the I becomes before or after the E sometimes. <laughs> Thank God for spell check. And, and, and that's one thing I would like to point out as far as the future is concerned is spell checks everywhere. AI can correct everything for you. So I'm less concerned about how to spell things and more concerned about definitions. So that way they're able to accurately communicate. Uh, so I'm really not concerned about handwriting so much as long as it's legible enough. They're going to make it as good as they want. I know people with crap handwriting that are doctors, and it didn't seem to impact them. So it is what it is. Uh, and I, I'm not going to get too stressed out about that kind of stuff. Of course, uh, we're, we, I already had an episode on grammar and all that. We, we teach that as well. I think that's somewhat important, although the same argument can be made about not even learning that. Uh, either way, it's about communication. You want to be able to communicate effectively and uh, learning that stuff does help with communication. So there is some value in it. Uh, moving on. Parental involvement in patients. Uh, okay. If you blow up at your kid all the time, they're not going to like reading. Like if it's about reading stuff or reader's comprehension. So be patient. It takes time, like years. Years and years and years and years and years. <laughs> uh, this is something that I struggle with at times. I am a somewhat patient person, but I have a definite border in which that patient end, patience ends. 
and I have to be very careful. So I want to fly through stuff and learn really quick, you know, go through whatever. They want to show me something like, okay, let's get going because we're, you know, on a timeline. Be patient. Uh, probably talking to myself here. <laughs> I do think that uh, patience will keep them engaged, make it fun, all that stuff. Uh, the impact of parental involvement on children's reading progress and self-esteem is important as well. We, we want to make sure we're encouraging them along the way. So when you're patient, you're also giving them encouragement. Uh, same things like great job. You couldn't have done that a week ago. Look at all your hard work. Focusing on the hard work, I think, is important rather than just saying you're smart. Because, at least for me personally, it was my hard work that made me smart. It was my tenacity that made me smart. I was able to retain things, but I had to learn how to retain things. I was not naturally gifted at that. And uh, really hard work is where it's at. So I always place the emphasis on, good job, That's that's you worked really hard on that. Because it really is about hard work in pretty much every case, except for those specially gifted kids. But even so, if they were to go over and work really hard on whatever they're gifted in, I'll bet they'd be, they would be even better. At least that's a my speculative theory um moving on i think we need to also encourage reading in different genres now my kids don't read but the same thing probably almost every night so i don't think this is the end all be all but as time goes on we want to encourage different things. Try and spark their curiosity in different things. And this might even be with some TV shows and then they can read more about stuff during their reading hours. Uh, but we do want them to explore. That's part of our job as intentional unschoolers is to expose them to different things as well as part of our responsibility. So different genres will be helpful. Now, you don't want to make them hate it because I certainly remember teachers forcing me to change up whatever I was doing. And then all of a sudden I started hating what I was doing. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to make them hate it. They're going to not be interested, but trying to pique that curiosity and showing how that might be helpful in some way, whatever it might be, especially with the older kids might be, might be good. Um, however, I don't want to hold them back from reading a whole bunch of stuff they really enjoy. So, you know, encourage it. Don't force. Um, I know we, uh, try and get books about what they're interested in at the time. So that, that changes it from Captain Underpants or Diary of a Wimpy Kid to maybe a book on dinosaurs or astronauts, or maybe it's science and, you know, whatever they're into, you know, put a book out there for them. And I think that helps. Um, I don't think I need to say this to you because you're listening to a podcast about, learning to read and reader's comprehension and the value of it to, you, know, you understand the value of it to, because you want to teach your, your children to do this in an unschooling approach, or at least as close to as, as possible. Uh, just focus on the practical aspects of reading, give them opportunities, make it a daily adventure, make it fun, make it a game. Make it show them that it's just a part of daily life. It's a part of being human. Set the expectation is that they they if they work hard enough, they're going to get it because they will as long as they work hard enough. Set the environment to allow them to read. This might be uh, 
you know, an hour of quiet time during the middle of the day. Maybe that's, maybe that's your approach. Could be anything. Um, but we're going to set the environment, be very consistent with it, give them a lot of encouragement, be patient. And I, I have to say, I don't see this failing as long as you're not forcing them to do it. There, there is one caveat that I will mention is that if you've recently pulled your kid out of school and you have not finished the de-schooling process, I have a whole episode on de-schooling, so scroll back and listen to that. If you just pulled your kid out of school, they, they may resist trying to read anything for a period of time. Okay? So go back and listen to that episode so you understand exactly what you signed up for here. But you got to go through that de-schooling process before they can start to dive into everything. And it's a very... Unfortunately, it's a slow process sometimes. And, you know, some kids really don't like reading, uh, but they don't hate it, okay? The goal is to not have them hate it, to actually make it tolerable, something that they would enjoy. And I think that most kids, if not all kids, would enjoy reading if it was something that they were, one, good at which takes practice, so they have to get in there and actually do it. Two, it's something about it's something they enjoy. Three, it's their choice. And uh, four, they're able to actually do it productively, meaning they're able to have a quiet time to do it. They can focus. There's not a bunch of distractions, that kind of thing. And that's, that's kind of my thoughts on teaching your children how to read and reader's comprehension. Uh, Obviously, the more useful the knowledge within there or the, the more it pertains to some kind of next action, the more comprehension they're going to build if they get practice. For example, my kids, when we play a board game, we actually have, if it's a brand new board game, especially, or if there's a dispute about the rules, we have them read the instructions because they're old enough, you know, eight and ten. And we have them read the instructions and then tell us what it, what we should do. And if there's any disagreement, we just talk it out and all that stuff. And that, that I find that is a is a very useful thing for readers' comprehension. Um, this is a life skill. There is, it isn't the only way to learn, but it's a very important way. And I think it's honestly, I hate to say this, but it's becoming less and less of a mandatory requirement. Whereas, it, you know, 20 years ago, it was absolutely necessary. And now you have YouTube, you have all this other stuff. And I only say that to calm your nerves if your kid isn't reading at the quote unquote right age, which there is no right age to relearn reading. Trust me, they're going to see use for it if you just back off. You don't force them allow them to do school, <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, you can survive without really having to know much, you know, to, you don't have to be an avid reader in 2024 and, and beyond. Uh, not to say that this isn't important. I'm teaching my kids this and I'm making an emphasis on this, okay? Because it's one of the main ways to learn. But just to calm your fears. So... With that, I'm going to end this episode. So stay curious, stay unschooled, and stay away from the algebra nightmares. I'll catch you in the next episode. 
Parents, are you terrified your unschooled child isn't learning enough? Or are you a homeschooling veteran eager to level up by incorporating in unschooling principles? Maybe you're newly venturing into homeschooling and already doubting your decision. Whatever the stage, overwhelm is real, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Matthew Jarecki from Unschooled Unleashed, and I've got huge news. I'm thrilled to introduce Homeschool Rescue, Unschooled Unleashed's signature coaching package. Whether you're all in on unschooling or just dipping a toe, this tailored coaching package is your roadmap to a confident and thriving education no matter how hectic life gets. Bold moves make bright futures. Join our homeschool rescue coaching program through the link in the description and set your child's genius free. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world. And the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.